Welcome, everyone. Thank you for taking the time to listen in today. I have a great episode in store for you today with Dr. Araya. So if you desire or need to hear the science behind intuition, this is definitely the episode for you. Dr. Araya brings reasoning and science to intuition and spirit. She earned her PhD in psychology after leaving the corporate world of computer engineering. She became a certified life coach and a mindful living conscious parenting educator. And in this episode, you're going to hear her share her research on developing the three one-minute mindful micro breaks. Great stuff. Can't wait for you guys to listen to it. She's going to guide us through one of these quick one-minute micro breaks in this episode. And our conversation goes into depth about the wolf as our ego and how our journey of healing our inner child really helps us become better conscious parents. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to A Conscious Way Forward, a podcast about healing, reimagining leadership, and reinventing education. If you're a seeker, changemaker, or dreamer, you're in the right place. I'm your host, David K. Richards, and I'm on a mission to help individuals rise in consciousness and usher in a new paradigm of a more equitable and just global society. As an educator, founder and CEO, dadpreneur, coach, and ambassador for change, I share my conscious journey through real, raw, and relatable stories while engaging in conversations with a diverse group of guests. I discuss timeless wisdom teachings and how they've helped me navigate life, leadership, parenting, and heal my traumatic childhood wounds. If you're ready to come home to your soul's purpose, co-create a more equitable world, dream, act, and heal forward together, then please continue to listen. Hello, everyone. Welcome to A Conscious Way Forward. I am here with my friend and I wanted to, I'm really excited to have her. I think she's guest number three or four. So I picked people early on. Oh, it's 11-11. No coincidence. Oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) I picked people that I really admire and trust and I know they have a really great message to share. And so I always like to ask my guests to just share a little bit about themselves so that we can hear from their voice for the audience that might not know them to learn more about our guest today. How are you? Thank you for being here. Hi, thank you. I feel blessed to be here. Uh, first of all, I have to apologize if for the people who actually see my video, <laughs> they might see some saying like, I have brushed my teeth. It's just a virtual background. <laughs> uh, I'm Dr. Araya. I have a PhD in psychology. I'm a certified life coach and I'm mindful living conscious parenting coach as well. And uh, so how I became what I am today, uh, I, I was not this until six years ago. I was actually a computer engineer. I was working in the corporate world and then uh when i resigned um out of a serendipitous um you know act probably i kind of paused because i thought you know what i don't want to do programming until i die it doesn't fit right with me it's not like i hated it but it um it didn't feel mm, so scrumptious you know mm. I'm like, oh, it feels tight a little bit so that's why i pa- paused and i kind of literally paused so i started asking people who who knew me uh what i was good at and good at and some of them said i'm a good teacher and i still didn't know what was going on i thought maybe i have to go teach at the university so somehow um when i was researching uh, i was always a seeker uh, i was researching on the internet i started with the movie secret because mm. i had a you know for a long time i never watched this so 
I thought I have time, let's watch it. So that brought me to this uh, coaching institute. I got their mm -hmm. service. I, I started learning about uh, the power of subconscious mind. And then after some time, they told me, why don't you become a coach? So I become a, uh, became a certified life coach. And then my coach, who was kind of a spiritual um, person, he introduced Dr. Shafali to me. So mm -hmm. he was the one, because he, he saw I was really struggling with my, especially my daughter. My daughter was so jealous, was so jealous of my son. He, she still is. So that's how um, kind of uh, it, I was instantly, it was that the urge in me kind of brought up to the surface. And um, I said, yes, I became a coach. I um, followed Dr. Shafali since then. I was at her first summit uh, in Long Beach. I think I saw you on the second summit in yes. New York, right? So um, so that has been my, my journey. And I found that um, um, conscious, even the, my clients who are parents, I found that this conscious parenting thing is just a mask uh, mm -hmm. because actually it is about life coaching. It's about wow. you learning about yourself, learning about your triggers and um, really understand that I, even like with the people who are doing spiritual work, I see that they're so good at decoding everything. But when it comes to their children, they stop. It's like mm. when it comes to their children, they still have to follow, they still have to obey, kind of. So it, it's um, interesting for me because our children are the best teachers yes. for pinpointing our past wounds and uh, help us heal them. So that has become my passion now. Now I give um, conscious parenting talks to schools. I have ongoing, I'm actually hired by the school district to teach conscious parenting on an ongoing basis. Nice. I just wrote my first book and going, you know, for editing, although it's not on conscious parenting, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, it has some examples of parenting as well. Okay. So this has What's the book about? So uh, this is the first time I'm actually announcing the title. Oh my gosh. I never put it anywhere. Oh my goodness. So I probably will be called the art of living in joy. Mm. So um, five steps to unshackle from suffering. Um, so this yes. is based on my five step system that I teach in my classes, all my classes, conscious parenting. I actually have a class called the art of living in joy okay. that I teach locally also online. So it's um, the five step. It's, you know, there's mindfulness in there. There's uh, healing the inner child. There's, um, you know, triggers, shadow work, um, you know, all sorts of things are combined in these five steps. So it's kind of like a acronym pause. So you just pause and then you go through the steps and just need the time to, um, so you don't react. So that's, yeah. that's the bottom line. Okay, well, I'm so excited that we got to hear the preview here first. <laughs> and I also, didn't you just become a doctor? Yes, I have. Recently? Uh, uh, I became a doctor actually the last year. It's one year. I cannot believe it. December 19th. So nine days will be one year. So I have a PhD in psychology, but I'm not a psychologist. And the reason is that I do believe Western psychology is not complete. Mm. And that's why I decided to stay a coach. But I just use uh, therapy, therapeutic um, you know, tools and okay. um, all those things. 30, 40% of my work, but I have like an integrative approach to, to human being. I don't believe in labor so much. Yeah. Um, I don't believe in medicine so much. So I just believe that uh, our body is self-healing and we just, yes. for some reason, systematically, we were um, not taught. Mm. We, we were actually taught the opposite in education right. system in our culture, society, our parents didn't know. So 
we kind of um, sleep. We just need to wake up and find the answers within. So that's my. Um, yes. Yeah. And, you know, there's a theme with us because when I talked to you about a, a year ago, you had just completed your dissertation or something to that effect. Do you remember that? We were talking about something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You were the first. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so this is the theme. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So that you were the first person I told mm-hmm. you that. I and I don't think we had ever talked on the phone or anything. Like, I just, we just somehow, the universe connected us. And I was like, oh, let me oh. talk to her. And then you told me. Oh, my goodness. So you're a good omen in my life. because Apparently. <laughs> anytime you're doing something new or something, a big hurdle, just make sure and call me, okay? <laughs> oh, my goodness. You call me. I'm not going to Yeah, I'll call you. <laughs> That sounds great. Okay, so one of the things you said that I thought was really interesting is with parents, they can do a lot of the spiritual work and a lot of the things that, you know, listen to the courses, listen to the the different teachers, and then, but when it comes to their kids, it's like something's, something's blocking them. So what have you found is, like, what's the block that that's kind of uh, making parents want to avoid that one really juicy place to learn? Yes, I do believe I actually had a question last night from in my class. There's this binary voice in, voice in our brain that says, no, 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 they have to follow me. They're my kids. Mm-hmm. I own them. Right. So no right. matter how much work we have done on this, because the whole society, the whole world is based on that, we still think that some on some level. So it's very, very unconscious, but it's like feel under, you know, it's just mm, uh, kind of like a dormant volcano so we have to do so it's here's the thing there's no potion out there so you just drink it and be done with it it's just a (laughs) moment to moment journey and that's what my system actually is about just a moment just pause Mm -hmm. and then find out the thoughts so he's no they should you know i'm a bad mom they should listen to me this is ridiculous that you know i've raised brats and all those things so you just dismantle all those fear-based thoughts they're all fear-based and then just connect within the heart and just ask simply I, I asked um last night one of my my one of my students I just asked her to close her eyes she asked me a question and I said okay let's ask you just close mm-hmm. your eyes put your hands on your heart and just ask the question right so mm-hmm. if you're religious, if anyone is religious out there, ask and it is given, it is written on Bible, but we don't follow it even, right? So we just ask, and then she said some brilliant solutions. I'm like, I couldn't say it better than you. Mm-hmm. So we all have the answers within us. Actually, this is completely scientific. I don't know if you know about HeartMath Institute, but I've done this experiment mm-hmm. that they have found that um, the heart knows what's going on on the, on the computer screen before even the, the eye see it. Wow. So it's really amazing. And this technique, the five second rule, just put your hands on your heart and ask, that's also scientific. That's, it, it comes from this institute. As, uh, as What's well. the name of the institute? So we make sure and get it in math. There. Heart math. Heart math. Okay. Heart math Institute. So they're actually okay. in California, I think around Santa Cruz. Um, they they done a scientific work on uh, on the heart. They they um, they have measured the effects that our heart has. We have a very strong ele- electromagnetic field around our heart, which is much bigger than our brain. It goes to several feet. Hmm. So imagine. And there was this experiment that this. Um, director that the the movie is called I am for those of you who are you know subscribers to Gaia or you can purchase the the movie it's called I am and his emotions actually affected the uh, yogurt the culture of yogurt you know the Mm. the kind of anxiety that he 
he invoked in his in his heart affected the yogurt and they measured it by a magnetometer so oh. uh, it's amazing so imagine how we can affect our children how we can affect our, the people around us and even the events and environment around us because hey that's yogurt yeah <laughs> So, um, well, and I've heard it's interesting because then you've heard the mainstream stories about like, oh, if you talk to your plants or you, you know, really take care of your plants that you'll see these beautiful things happen. Yeah. And but now what's happening is that we have scientific evidence to actually prove a lot of these things that, that we've always kind of known intuitively. And now the science is catching up. Exactly. And I love that because I feel like 2020 and the shift is here and there's this, this whole new shift in consciousness and people are going to start to wake up and ask questions and you know, 2020 has been the whole, you know, turn the table upside down for everyone. So now, now it's like, we're going to start asking questions. And when you're first starting your journey, you might be like, what is this lady talking about? <laughs> Yogurt, you know, like from the heart. And it's like, okay, well, let's direct you to the science so that you understand this is really true. And then you can ground it around like, well, how about when you, you know, um, when you talk to your plants or other things that people can grasp. And then it's like, okay, now let's talk about your children. So when your internal landscape is, tormented and angry and your inner child's not being seen how do you think your children are receiving your energy because they're just energy beings right exactly they just smell the energy so if we come from that place of expectation we have usually three henchmen expectation control and fear right when we come from that place they just smell it and um they 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 like to be seen everyone likes to be seen no one likes to be told to do anything. No one in the world likes to be ordered around. No one. Um, so for the, those of you who are actually watching the video, I'm going to ask you to do something. Can you push your right hand to your left hand? Mm -hmm. Okay, you're doing it wrong because I didn't tell you to push your left hand back. Oh this my God. is the okay. correct way, right? This, this is the correct way. Push your right hand to your left hand. Oh, like that? Yeah. So this, no, like this. Oh, like this? Yeah. Okay. But look at that. Intrinsically, we are pushing back with the left hand. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So when we okay. order, especially the kids or anyone, they, they, because they're, we are violating their, their autonomy. Autonomy is the, one of the three basic psychological needs. So yeah. I highly suggest that, um, you know, to my, to my clients that challenge yourself to, um, re-articulate or articulate your demand into choices into alternatives instead of saying go brush your teeth say you want to brush your teeth now or in five minutes <laughs> come up with a ridiculous so choices, simple, right? but yeah. create two create two mm. so they pick it so their autonomy feels fulfilled right mm. yeah no that is that's so simple <laughs> it's so simple and what you were saying about people feeling like um Everybody wants to be seen. People want to be autonomous. And I'm thinking about just what, what really happens is that kids are want to be autonomous. And then like just the way I did my hand or whatever. And then that's how they go through their day is just constantly going against what their intuitive flow might be because the adults in their lives are saying, no, 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 do this, do that. And I see it at the school with the kindergartners come in at some really free, open, and literally through the year of kindergarten, I see the parents, of course, the teachers go through, they have their conditioning and all that, but there's something about kindergarten where the teachers are more free because there's not as much academic pressure mm -hmm. and all that. 
there's a lot more than there should be nowadays, but you know, what is that thing? Everything I need to learn, I learned from kindergarten, you know? <laughs> so it's all about like sharing and caring and all that. So the teachers, but with the parents, like I see them when they drop off and they're always like, come on, come on, hurry up. And I always say to them, I always joke with them, you know, I try to use humor and I say like, oh, you're really trying to teach your kid how to be more like an adult, huh? Like they're five, like it's okay. And it's like, and then they're like, oh, brushing his teeth and he's, oh, now I'm almost, I'm, I'm only, I have one minute to get him in the school. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. This is the way they're experiencing mm -hmm. every day of their life. Like, exactly. Okay. And nobody, this is no judgment. People aren't doing this because they want to be mean to children or anything like that. But it's just the way we've been conditioned and the way that we think we should exactly. raise our children. Yes. And it's so hard. Again, as you said, no judging there because we all do it. I'm like, we at the beginning before the video, I said, I'm a really brilliant <laughs> conscious parent coach, but I'm not a brilliant <laughs> conscious parent because it's yeah. really difficult. <laughs> I, I, I know the theory, right? But even I do it once, once a day, I'm happy. And yeah. uh, let me tell you, like six years ago, when I started, when I lost it, I would probably ruin one week. Right now, mm -hmm. it's probably like five minutes. I get back, right. I apologize. So I'm also role modeling. So we don't yes. want any, no one is perfect and we don't expect perfect and we shouldn't be perfect because yeah. if you're perfect, then our children will, will not become resilient and they go out there in the world, which is 99% unconscious. And they're like, yeah. what is going on in this world? This is not, you know, say so they get, they, they don't have resilience. So it's okay if you lose it, but it's really important to, um, to repair and to apologize and to bring it out. Like even six years, ago i talked about ego i called it a wolf um by the way wolf is good ego is good it's something yeah. it's a protective mechanism that was built from zero to six years old in order to um to protect us yeah. so we could survive so it's okay mm -hmm. but i called yeah. it a wolf so i told them you know that was my wolf sorry mommy shouldn't have yelled i got unconscious and now i call about you know we just say consciousness unconscious but before i called it a wolf that was that is a wolf a lot of people uh, a lot of moms tell me oh my son my dog my my husband is not conscious what to do i say it's okay you can just give it give an antidote right so mm -hmm. that that is wolf came out you know because um so it's it's so they don't internalize it this is the bottom line so yep. we lose it but they don't internalize it that they are bad right so they know okay mommy lost consciousness but it's a lifelong journey it's, you know, we shouldn't also feel horrible especially the coaches and therapists out there i know like i myself had so much guilt right now i'm like whatever right. i'm human so that's <laughs> yes. the first that's the first mantra i say i'm human and the sooner we accept our humanness we accept our um, flow, uh, uh, are slipping the sooner we get back on track otherwise we just linger and get bogged down and you know no good <laughs> yeah well and I love the wolf uh, um, as the ego because as you were saying it I'm like oh and also the wolf the wolf is like a wild dog or whatever so it can be tamed right so I was like oh we can tame the ego too it's like but not good or bad it's just the wolf and so it's there to protect you and because when you said it I had this vision of like a child sitting down with a wolf you know like you know you see those movies or those videos where there's like somebody in Africa with a lion and they're just like playing with it because they're so conscious and they're so still and present yeah, yeah. that it's just a playful so when I saw the wolf I was like oh I could see a child being like oh I like mommy's wolf sometimes she's crazy and sometimes she's exactly and I know I just have to sometimes I have to pet her a little bit differently and like but you know the ego kind of gets a bad name in the spiritual world and, mm -hmm. and it can kind of be like this bad thing and then that part of within you that wants to be seen now you're pushing it down and not seeing it even more because you're like oh that's an egoic this or that or that's this inner child and 
And really what you need to do is actually really see it. So I love the wolf yeah. as I've heard it called like the, um, Susie Lula calls it the survival, survival self, which I think is survival a good, yeah. right? Survivor self. Yeah. So it's a good, it's a, I like different names. So the wolf is really, really beautiful. And then the yeah. other thing I loved is you talked about embodiment. And I think that is everything we're doing. We can call it teaching, but really it's embodiment. So you're with your own kids, you're embodying the practices that you teach even I'm, though you know, <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. You're trying, you're trying, you're yeah. trying and you're a human being. And so we could put you up on a pedestal, pedestal and be like, oh my gosh, Dr. Araya, she's got a PhD. She, she had the courage to leave her job and all these beautiful things. She went from engineer to parent coach. And then you're like, wait, people, <laughs> I am all those things, but I also just like lost it with my child. And you have a 13 year old, correct? So you just I have, have 13 and 11. Yeah. 13 and 11. So you have, you have a child. Is, is your daughter 13? Uh, yes. My daughter's okay, 13. So my son is just 11. turned 11. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And my kids are 10 and seven. So we were joking that you're like at a different phase in the, <laughs> the parenting journey, but like people, but if you're, if you're just working on embodying your truths and embodying your conscious journey, then that's all we can ask yes. for anyone, for you. Even for a anyone, second. Right? Even a second. Like John Kabat-Zinn, who brought mindfulness in Western world, uh, he says, any moment of mindfulness, the moment for celebration, even a second, like that's, I, because I, like my uh, PhD dissertation was in mindfulness. I've researched mm -hmm. mindfulness academically. Yeah. Um, and um, I can say with conviction that we are barely mindful throughout the day, barely, not even a second. Yeah. Unless we meditate, unless we know what we are, you know, we're doing some inner work. But um, if not, it's just we are completely, you know, on, on, on autopilot. Yep. Um, maybe when we see, I don't know, a sunrise or a sunset, it's like right. oh, awe-inspiring. Right. Right. That's the moment mm -hmm. we come to the moment. But other than that, like I watched, I read this book, The Joyful Wisdom, 10 years ago. And it's written by, 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 um, I never remember his name. It's really hard. Rinpoche. And he's oh, a monk. Yeah. And mm -hmm. um, it was like, I never saw a tree until then. Seriously. Mm. Like he asked to go watch it. I'm like, whoa. It's like, it's the first time I'm watching a tree. And I'm like, I never seen a tree. <laughs> so for two weeks, I was amazed. Wow, look at the clouds. I like, I was amazed by the world. Because, <laughs> yes. because and we don't, we don't really no. truly see. We just no. pass by because we're, mm -hmm. you know, consumed by almost 100,000, average 50,000 thoughts every day. Wow. And they're mostly fear-based. Here's the sad mm -hmm. part. Mostly fear-based. So, and that's why we age. That's why we have disease. When you were talking about science, for example, when people say, oh, have good thoughts and your flu will go and all those right. things, people say that's woo-woo. But literally this is science and the science is called psychoimmunology. Mm -hmm. It's the effect of the mind on the immune system. So mm -hmm. this is true. This is all science. And uh, we're lucky that in the past hundred years, um, quantum, where the, with the birth of quantum science, we are getting to know these things. Right. Um, if you said these things 200 years ago, we will be probably burned or something. Oh, like yeah. 200 years ago, I don't know how, however it was, like I would be yeah. called a witch probably. Yeah. I would be burned. Yeah. But um, this is what the science is showing right now. Well, and I love that you have, because this is, I, I was talking to my friend the other day and I was like, I'm just not the person who's interested in learning the science because I'm like totally all intuition. I'm just like, I know, I don't need to read a book about it. Like, why do you need, why do I need the science? I don't need to prove it to you. Like, look, I'm telling you, this is real. 
I experience magic all day, every day because yeah. I find the present moment. I get in the present moment. I look at the tree. Sorry, the kids in the background. No. I always ask them not to be. Mindfulness, it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I have a tree right in the back, right in front of my office. And I, right outside the, you know, my office in the, to the backyard. And I've actually been watching this tree all year. And, you know, little things will happen to me. Like my coach said to me, you are experiencing, she's like, I'm seeing a nest. She's like, so you're experiencing a time with a nest and that's a symbol for you. And then I was like, and she's like, so you're just going to be sitting with your nest. And I was like, okay, the tree that I've been connecting to for the last, since COVID started almost what, nine months has an old bird's nest. And I never could see the bird's nest because it was the, you know, you kind of see it. My daughter, seven-year-old daughter found it. She's like, oh, there's a bird nest, daddy. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. It's been abandoned. It's been up there. And then as the fall came and the leaves fell and now the winter's coming, it's like, I can see the nest all day, every day. And then you ready for this little kicker? That's so funny. The day before I bought a Google nest, like the actual, a Google nest, the little technology thing that's called the nest. My coach, my coach, who's like an intuitive energy reader. She's like, I just feel like there's a, there's a nest in your life technology wise, maybe somewhere else. And she's like, there's a nest. Of, so pay attention to the nest. And I'm like, well, that's a tree that I've been looking at for the last nine months, so but I can't prove this scientifically that yeah. these, these signs and synchronicities happen. What I know though, is that when I'm in the present moment and when I'm deep into presence, that things start to flow or things are easier, things happen and I don't have to will or effort my way into it. But to hear you break it down scientifically, now this helps me. So in the podcast, I can be like, listen, Dr. Araya just told you <laughs> that these things are true and there's scientific evidence to actually prove it. And now, you know, mindfulness is having its day. It's coming into schools. It's, people are talking about meditation. There's the Calm app. There's all these things. You, you have Fortune 500 companies teaching about meditation. You're like, Mm. Wow, what's going on here how did this happen <laughs> exactly so here's the thing i'm actually kind of a bridge because i have a very analytical mind i'm a yeah. bridge between I, there a lot of psychic coaches they may come become our coaches and no i like i have psychic abilities i am a energy healer i've taken a course on it but i'm a bridge because i feel like i'm going to take the people who are almost ready and then give them, you know, reasoning so they can, yeah. I can bridge them to, to your world, the spiritual yeah. world, so they can actually feel and experience it. So it's yeah. both, it's experience. And then you want to feed your ego because our ego says, no, you know, if yeah. you're not brought up spiritual, yeah. um, then you say, no, it doesn't, it's just woo-woo, right? Mm -hmm. my, my kids are saying it to me right now because I didn't know these things since day one. Right. Their ego, their ego was already built and I learned it right in the middle. So I'm trying so hard to, to make them understand this is not magic. My, my son says, oh, you're talking about magic woo-woo again. I'm like, no, this is science. You know, I, it's under my name, you know. So I, my dissertation for, for your audience that um, right. like to have like a really quick way of uh, segue to meditation actually was three mindful, mindful breathing micro breaks one oh. minute only three one minute okay. mindful brain micro, micro breaks throughout the day will increase well-being three only three recovery from wow. stress and present moment attention and why is that like I, I i meditate two hours every day all right i'm not telling you not to meditate but i'm saying even a second 
if you have time. And the reason I did this, because what my clients, like I told them to sit for 10 minutes and like, no, no, I don't have time. Right. Like 10 yeah. minutes. So I said, you know what? I'm going to prove <laughs> that only three, one minute will do the job at least a little bit. So, and it's very simple. You just, you put your three alarms on your phone and you close your eyes and you can start with one, two, three deep breaths to your belly. But then you just focus your attention on your um, on your chest, maybe where it goes up and down, you know, and the breathing thought comes, you detach, you come back to breath. Thought okay, comes, let's do it, let's do it for one up. minute. Let's What's do it that? for one minute. Let's do it for one minute. So people can sure. see that it, it, it's actually one minute, but it feels like a lot longer. So what would you have us do for one minute? Okay, let's, okay, let's just uh, close your eyes, erect spine, take a deep breath through your nose, to your belly and out your mouth. One more time. Now to your mouth, you can also keep your eyes open. Now direct your attention to the sensation of your breathing on your chest where it goes up and down. The thought comes, imagine it's just a cloud, you're the sky, let the cloud pass. Come back to breath. Another thought comes, oops, I'm thinking, imagine it's a wagon on a train, let the tram train pass, come back to breath. All the tension can wait, stress, planning, everything can wait. Come back to breath. And open your eyes and you can also do the same thing. Dual awareness. Keep your eyes open and focus on your breath. On your chest. That's it. Didn't you feel? That was one minute. Shifted everything. Yeah. Just one minute. As I said, like even second. Yeah. So this is science, yeah. you know, <laughs> since last year, it's science. So this is the shortest, my dissertation was the shortest, uh, examined the shortest duration of meditation. Mm. So we have had five minutes, um, but we had uh, five minute guided meditation. No one did one minute mindful breathing, like in form of breaks. Right. That's why you need to put like reminders on your phone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then really pause. And you can do it with open eyes as well. And even if you're in the middle of something, even for two, three seconds, you just become aware of your fingers that are just stroking on the, on the keyboards. Just that will strengthen the muscle of mindfulness. Because as I said, 100,000 thoughts, that's too many, right? It's just, oh I think around 30 a minute or something. It's just, it's called mind wandering. We're always mind wandering. Mm -hmm. You're never mm -hmm. focused on the present moment uh, experience. We're not doing it. That's why I suggest you're drinking the tea, really pay attention to the taste. You're mm -hmm. eating something, are you tasting at the tip of your tongue, at the back of your tongue? Use your senses. Think about it and thank the farmer, for example, yeah. um, for the food. Just that's your present moment experience. That's what you need to be. And that's how actually, if you want to talk spiritually, that's how we dry off karma seeds. Because karma is the cause and effect and it's coming from the past, either generational pain or from past lifetimes, if you believe. So everything is in the past or from childhood, mm -hmm. right? From childhood. Mm -hmm. But if I, I, I have this neutral experience of eating food and I focus my attention on that experience, I'm drawing off their effects. Right. I'm no longer the prisoner of the past mm -hmm. because I'm choosing to use my senses, my five senses, which is simple, right? Mm -hmm. myself and then the more we do this the more we are strengthening the mindfulness muscle and the more we can create that pause that space between us and our, the trigger 
uh, of our mm. children. They don't want to brush their teeth because our brain has learned to create the space and not act on it, not be right. reactive, right? So it's like building a new muscle in a way, a new practice, yes. a new- And in this practice, in this practice. Yeah, so. and it does, it does rewire the brain, correct? Like it actually- That is what we're doing. Uh -huh. We are uh -huh. rewiring the brain, yes. Mm. So the monk, the same, I think the same author of that joyful wisdom he talks about is so funny. He says, there's a monkey mind chatting, da, 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 da. And then you want to give it a banana and the <laughs> banana could be the breath. And in this case could be the food. So that's the right. banana to give to the monkey mind. So it doesn't, nice. it stops chattering. The breath. Yeah. Whereas what we're taught to do is to kind of do more, think more, go outside of yourself and and I remember years ago reading this leadership book that was so simple. It said, I mean, this was like an international bestseller. And all it was saying was that every hour set a timer for five minutes. And it wasn't like breathing or meditation, but it was just like set a timer for five minutes and like get up and go for a walk or draw a picture, just do something that's not your work. And then of course he was able to say like, if you do that throughout your eight hour day, you actually are, you know, cause you have to show that you're more productive. So <laughs> he showed that you could be more productive if you actually took five minutes and you set a timer yes. and it's so interesting because it's what he was, what he was what underneath it was really saying similar to what you're saying, which is just create a pause. Yes. So it's interesting because I probably read that because that's <laughs> yeah. kind of a micro break. Uh, I actually wanted to do it hourly, but I couldn't, uh, um, you know, the ethical con um, community didn't approve it because they said oh, oh the employees not gonna take one minute out of their work I'm like okay whatever oh, so okay. let's just do three but um it, it proved to be okay to to be also productive but the reason yeah. I didn't go with five minutes I really wanted to do it one minute because people don't do it it shows science yeah, shows so it, it's productive but no show me one person who does it yeah. It's so hard, especially if it's five minutes. But when I say, okay, at least three times, just like one minute, not even one minute, just one, two, three breaths, or just bring your awareness. Yeah. But that is even, uh, I think it's worthwhile because we are so um, robotic, so robotic. Yes. Even a couple of seconds, I'm okay with that. You know, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm very no, practical, it's... right? So that's, no, you that's are. part of the. The, you know, uh, the purpose of this dissertation, because I wanted to come up with a tangible, feasible practice for people who are busy, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I know Mel Robbins has the five second rule, which you had mentioned earlier, where you, yeah. you put your hand on your heart and you count to five. So if you think about doing a minute, if you can switch your energy in five seconds, then a minute actually is a long time. Exactly. Yes. 10 times so more, right? Well, seconds. 12 yeah. times more. Yes, yeah. yes. That practice that I shared, I don't, I didn't ask, um, I don't ask the, uh, you know, uh, I don't say to count, I say, give it five seconds. So you just ask the question. Uh, okay. For example, you just pause, you create a pause, there's something going on, the toothbrushing struggle is going on. And you just okay. take a deep breath, uh, and maybe yes. you just separate yourself. If it's not mm -hmm. a safety issue, that's number one uh, tool. <laughs> and then just you put your hand on your heart and you say, what should I do at this time to bring mm. consciousness to the to the mix, you know, to elevate consciousness, to elevate peace. What is the conscious thing to say? Just ask, yeah. and, and within five seconds you'll get it. So, but then, uh, yeah, my Robin's five to one. That's that's also one of because it will engage the smart brain. Because mm. when we are in a trigger mode, when we are in fight or flight, I know your podcast uh, audience won't 
see, but here's what Dan, Dan, Dr. Dan Siegel talked about, right? We flip the lid, right? Here's uh -huh. the ego and here's the smart brain. I flip the lid and we need to bring the, the smart brain back. And mm -hmm. by counting from five to one, we're engaging the smart brain. What is the smart brain? What do you mean by that? So the smart brain is the top on uh, the, the front uh, part of our brain, the like neocortex. The oh, okay. Yeah, so the newest brain. Okay. And the fight or flight or freeze mechanism or the ego mm -hmm. is at the back mm -hmm. of the brain here, which is okay. the most primitive brain, like cavemen had this. So this is actually, that's why even the toothbrushing becomes a life or death. At that time, it was a life or death. Right. If a tiger attacked, they had to pump blood. You know, the body would shut down everything, would just pump up blood to the, to the muscle so you could run away or fight. But here's the sad part. When we get triggered right now, although there's no immediate danger, but the same kind of brain gets activated and everything becomes life or death. Is this the lizard brain or the amygdala? Or yes. A different part. Okay. Yes, that's, that's it. And that's like that. That's like the reptilian. It's it's yes, totally reptilian has so many names. You, you yeah, know, it's all the same. Primitive, <laughs> uh, lower brain. You know, all right, the, right, okay. Uh, but it's all the brain. same concept. Which yes. isn't it? The something connects with the nervous system, and then it puts you into fight exactly. or flight, and then you think there's a tiger that's going to kill you. And whether yeah. it's just your kid not brushing your teeth or somebody cutting you off on the freeway, whatever it may be, the you same. go into like. Exactly, it's the same. It's a fight. It's kind of a life or death scenario because it's the same mm. part of the brain. Right. So here, the smart brain, the neocortex can think. We can, you know, access our intuition. It's uh, it's called higher brain, higher mm -hmm. brain, all those things. And I'm actually taking a course right now about this. And uh, the guy said, I haven't read it anywhere myself, but that's what he said. And he's pretty scientific, so I assume it's science. We can reuse the 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 neocortex part of our brain only generally like 10, 20 percent. You don't use at the front. The You're potential. just for the, the listeners. You're pointing to the front of the brain. Okay. Yes. So 10%, 10% of the time, 10, 20, not at the time. We don't use the full capability. We don't, oh, oh, we're not even using the full capability. We don't, oh. we don't know that we don't know how to use the full capability because it's, mm -hmm. you know, the connected to higher consciousness mm -hmm. and we don't know how to, because we're always on the fight or flight mode, you know, um, you know, primitive brain. We have around, I think I read somewhere, we have around 50 stressors every day, mm -hmm. average 50 mm -hmm. stressors. Yeah. And that's causing disease. That's why we, we become ill. That's why we age. That's why there's no scientific reason for aging besides stress, really. Mm -hmm. So, and what is stress? All these thoughts, the mind wandering, fear-based mind wandering. Hmm. Yeah. That's so much great information. I'm just taking it all in. <laughs> and we talked at the beginning what we talk about. And I said, well, I want to talk about parenting, but who knows where we'll go. And here we are. But it's all connected, right? Because... The little, the little human beings in your home, if you're a parent or not a parent, this, it's all the same teachings, but the little human beings are the ones that bring it out the most. Because when you're without the little human beings, <laughs> you have all the stressors, but there's ways to avoid it. And you can kind of, you know, but when you have those little human beings right in front of you, every moment, especially now with COVID and people being at home, it is like really the best way to learn these practices. Like you yes. said, something as simple as toothbrushing could put you into a total fight. meltdown. Yes, exactly. As the, I'm not about the parent, by the way. <laughs> like the kid not brushing the teeth could put the parent into it. I've been there. Oh. It's 9.07 and you're like, oh my gosh, I just, I'm so tired. I just need you to brush your teeth. Yeah. That's all I want you to do. And then within like a split second, 
-hmm. you're yelling, you're running, you're whatever. You're in a meltdown mode as a parent, right? Yes, exactly. So here's the thing um, that this ego part is built from zero to six years old. So now right. when we get triggered, it's getting to be become children, literally. So this is uh, applicable to everyone. That's what yeah. conscious parenting is applicable right. to everyone because we all have an inner child that yes. with that part of the brain. So when we get into a conflict, I'm sure you or your audience will think, oh yeah, I, I felt like a child because mm -hmm. you are a child. That, that's the part of the brain that is activated. Yeah. That was built in childhood. So um, it's important to, to understand that whatever we do at this time is gonna affect our children. So the more yeah. conscious we are, the less that, you know, uh, their ego will shape in such a sabotaging way mm. that you will, uh, you know, it will not be uh, helpful for their adulthood. Like they would need therapy. They would, they would probably go to a right. alcoholism, alcoholism and all right. those things. That's what we're doing. That's what we're trying to, um, to be so conscious that the ego is built a little bit. It's not so thick. Right. <laughs> Right. So, okay, um, let's break this down. This is so wonderful. So, okay, first of all, I know people are probably thinking like, oh my gosh, my daughter's 15. I should just give up. You know, <laughs> I know that comes up all the time. So let's address that. And then I want to talk about one other thing. So my daughter's 15. So you're saying that I've already ruined her? No. <laughs> I know you're oh, not. Yeah. No. <laughs> I just wanted to pose that in case anyone's thinking it, because it always comes up, right? Like, <laughs> wait, zero to six. I already screwed it up. Well, no. What do I do now? <laughs> no. So here's the thing. It's harder. It's harder, but first of all, we shouldn't feel guilty because uh, as I said at the beginning, it, you know, they, that's their experience. Our souls, if you want to talk spiritually, again, I think it's still science. So people, you yeah. know, I'm scientific. I think this is science. Our yeah. souls decided to have these experiences. Mm -hmm. So we chose these experiences. We chose these parents, they chose these children, siblings, uh, spouses in order to create a scenario, as Shakespeare say, this, this world is a stage, we are yes. all players, right? To create yep. a scenario so we can learn our lessons, we can find those past wounds and heal them so we can grow. Mm -hmm. And it's gonna repeat, if you believe in uh, lifetimes, you know, reincarnation, we, it's, it's the same pattern, right? Mm -hmm. So we, until, so these, if you are become awakened, we do not feel guilty. We do not feel resentful. We say, oh, thank you. Thank you for teaching me. Thank you. Let's get to work. So we become like teammates, like soul contracts that yeah. people talk about. We become like teammates. So it's okay. Uh, this 15-year-old soul decided for, for his mom not to be conscious until 15 and just mm -hmm. turned mm -hmm. you know, conscious all of a sudden, right? Yeah. So it is what it is. And let's work with this moment. How yes. can I, you know, it's all a personal journey. How can I love myself more, be more peaceful within me? And the more we do this, again, science, it's going to yeah. affect the child. And yeah. they can even switch like that. So like spontaneous change is also possible. But of course, you know, because we have more programmings, um, it's going to get harder. We need more practice, but it's okay. It's life. What are we doing? This is what we're doing here. That's why we yes. chose to come to this I call Earth the toughest classroom. We chose to <laughs> yes. come to see, you know, to, to move through and to not suffer because pain mm -hmm. is inevitable, but suffering is optional. Suffering is here, right? Yeah. It's the interpretation we have about the events. So it is what it is. This is my life. Where, where do I want to get? You know, I want to die sooner. This is my life right now. Okay, 16 right. year old who is slamming the door. Yeah. Right. So um, this is my life. Let me just figure out what to do consciously in this moment in order to elevate the consciousness of myself, my daughter and the, the world uh, as a collective. 
So yeah. that's just a life journey. It is what it is. But yeah. there's one um, experiment. It's really interesting that you brought it up. Um, so um, this guy uh, asked the me mechanics to mm, kind of modify this bike in such a way when you pull um, kind of... Um, Oh, your podcast audience, we, we won't see, but if you uh, push it to the right, push the wheel to the right, it will go uh -huh. to the left. So they okay. switch the, 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 what it were, mm -hmm. it's not a wheel, but what is it? The, 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 the handlebar. handlebar. Yeah. Handlebar. Yeah. yeah. So they, they switched it. It took him six, seven months to ride this bike. Yeah. I, I believe and it. There's a video that I add in the YouTube if you want to search, but for the boy, for, the, for his son who was seven, it took him two weeks because <laughs> he it. has less programs. Yes, yes. So it's yes. easier to break up these two, these programs. So it is what it is though. It's, it's our experience. Yeah. And so just accept the, it is what it is. My daughter's 15 now. And it says, I don't have a 15 year old daughter, but I'm, I just picked the, somebody who's kind of closer to the, to the end of what we call adulthood. Um, and, but the part that I really wanted to, to make sure people heard is what you're saying is, if you can really work on yourself and just know that your energy is, there's a ripple effect. And if you can really focus on that and that, and so as a parent, you're, the more you can do that, the less the ego will be, you know, the wolf will not be need to be tamed as much <laughs> or it'll be, a, it'll be a nicer, gentler wolf by the time the child is 25 or whatever, but yeah. it'll still be a wolf. But if you can really use the conscious parenting practices as best as possible, don't be don't beat yourself up all that. Then you are creating less of an kind of raging ego. Is, is that what you're getting? Yes. At? So here's the thing: um, life is a solo journey. Okay. I always say like we are not responsible to make anyone happy, not even our children. Up until 14 months, yes, please go ahead. Don't let your child cry at all, not even a second. Attempt mm -hmm. up until 14 mm -hmm. months. But other than that the happiness even of our child is not our responsibility. Mm -hmm. So our responsibility is to create the space for them to move through their difficult emotions. Mm -hmm. So when we release that uh, responsibility, that burden, then we become, okay, you know what? My own responsibility is to me. So when we have that inner peace, when we know what's going on, when we attend to the inner child, so then the inner child doesn't lash out on mm -hmm. the child, mm -hmm. then we're good. Right. And we're good. And we can always apologize. We can say, you know what? I didn't know this material. That's what I told my children. You know, here's the new thing. So they don't think I'm bipolar. <laughs> they still say it sometimes. <laughs> because I become unconscious and I become conscious. And my right. daughter was like, what happened? You just, you were just mad. Why, why are you kissing me? I said, don't, you don't want me to kiss you? She said, so why, what happened? Like it was last minute. I said, well, I went, did some chanting. Now I feel tired and I'm coming back. If you don't want me to kiss you, I'll be mad again. Just don't. <laughs> and did you, do you use your, your one minute practice yourself? I do. I do. Uh, I actually had hourly reminders for two, three years, um, but I wasn't successful to take them all, of course. Uh, but at least one time or the more, you know, as I said, even a second, even the more mm -hmm. we do it, the, the better programming we have. Yeah. You know, I was going to share with the, all the world's a stage. So my first, my freshman English class in college, I had this professor that was about to retire and everyone made fun of her. Cause you know what she did for the whole entire semester because she could, cause she was like, well, I'm about to retire. So I have to follow any of that the university wants me to do. She did, had us read all the world's a stage. That's all we did. <laughs> 
Did she had have- us read the poetry, the, sorry, the, the Shakespeare play. She had us read the Shakespeare play, All the World as a Stage. That's all we did for 16 weeks. Wow. Just read that play. And everyone's like, uh, <laughs> and I went to watch it live in the park. And as I look back on that, I'm like, gosh, this moment was a genius. If I was just at my 18 year old self, if I could just take in all the wisdom that just read that play for four months and you understand everything because it's all an illusion and all the world is a stage. And it's just the movie that we're actors and characters in the movie. Uh-huh. And so I love that so much. And then trying to come back, I love the one minute, the one minute um, piece. And I'll say one other thing about the one. Oh, so the one minute piece. So when I first started meditating, I bought a meditation book when I was 18 years old. Like there was a, so this would have been what, 1998. And I saw a, I saw a book and I was like, oh, this is interesting. Let me buy it. And I think I actually read most of it at some point. But when did I start meditating? 25 years later or something, you know, 20, 20 years later, 20, 22 years when I was 40. So 22 years later. And that book is still sitting on my shelf right back there. Like it's still there. It's just called meditation. And I don't know. I found it at like the, I went to school in UC Berkeley. So I found it in, you know, kind of the hippieville UC Berkeley. It was like in the, in the bookstore and back in 1998, sorry, this would have been 94 when I was 18. So, um, and, and then it wasn't until I really started doing the Shafali work, but even then, so I love that you say one minute because even then I, I didn't do her meditation part until much later. Like I came in a few months later and she was doing a meditation, but at that point she was doing like 20 minutes. So I hadn't done, she starts with like two minutes, right? She's like, just do two minutes. So then I was, it was really hard for me, but I found this in UCLA, UCLA, if you Google it, they have a meditation, a guided meditation. It's like a guided mindfulness practice. And it's, um, I think it's 15 minutes and it's just a body scan. Mm -hmm. And I would just lay down because even sitting was too much Mm -hmm. because I had a lot of trauma as a child. So the sitting part, like my heart was like, all this energy was within me. So it was like, I couldn't even sit. So I had to lay down and just do that body scan for like a year before I could even do sitting meditation. So I love that you're so smart and practical to say one minute, because then you get to feel the, you use, I think you use the word scrumptious at some point in the beginning, yeah. like you get to feel the scrumptious nature of meditation, but the mind will take you down and you'll, you, you won't do it. You won't, you won't even do one minute or like you said, five minutes. Exactly. You're, pra- you're pragmatic enough to know if you had done five minutes, people have been like, oh, I don't have five minutes. Like, <laughs> or they'd sit for 20 seconds, they'd be like, and that's why I wanted to do it together. So people would see, look at that, that was a minute. Mm-hmm. And did it just switch your energy? Exactly. So I think that's brilliant because I still have so much, you know, faith in it because even if you do 20 minutes and 30 minutes, there is a majority of it, you're not, you're, you're just mind wandering, right? But mm-hmm, if it is mm-hmm. one minute, Mm-hmm. Your brain says, oh, it's so, so, so yeah. short. Let me do it. You're tricking it in a way, aren't you? Right. So don't tell that, your, don't tell, but yeah, you're tricking it. <laughs> exactly. So maybe you can do like one hour and you won't get three minutes out of it, but mm-hmm. you are actually getting three minutes by three minutes. Well, and then, and then Kyle sees had a challenge where he wanted everyone to do one hour a day. Cause he's like, it'll change your whole entire life. And gosh, I tried so hard to do an hour a day. And I think I might've in, in like a year, I think I might've done like, 10 times for an hour mm-hmm. because it's a long time to sit yeah. and, but you don't even need the full hour. It, it does. You do go much deeper. Obviously. Yeah, it's good. Like, as I said, I meditate two hours a day. Yeah. That's beautiful. Overall. I do it because I love it. It's not yeah. 
You know, I yeah. just I do all sorts of things to them. So because you built the muscle, you built the practice, and you rewired your brain so that it's so that it's you you can do two hours because that's part of your practice. That's part of your that's your program now, correct? Like that's that's your autopilot program now. It's like meditation yeah. is you've switched I, it. I don't want to say even if it's self care or a practice. It's me. Like I need yes. that time to be with me. Yeah. It's part of my life. Do you understand? Yeah. It's just, we are human beings, not human it's doing. Sleeping. The rest of it, we are human doing. I'm doing yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's part of my life. It's not right. even self care. It's not a practice. It's right. part of my life. I love that. You know, like I'm sleeping. I'm, I'm living by myself. I'm like kind of connecting to myself. Who am I? I'm connecting with my higher mm -hmm. self. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, you know, I'm hoping to get some, I don't know conversation with god kind of voices uh -huh. I yeah. but that's i'm joking but yeah, yeah. it's part of my life so yeah. uh, but yeah. i know people yeah. can do it and yeah. this would be the the way to you know to at least strengthen the muscle of mindfulness yeah and then as we wrap up just coming back to parenting everything we've actually talked about is about parenting even though we're not saying the word parenting every time we're talking about it but really it is and i love that you're not calling it a practice because it's like is sleep a practice? I guess. Is it? A, no, it's is it part of your life. If it's you don't sleep, we die. So it's part of life. And yeah. by the way, dream world is actually part of the, you know, could be part of the work. We can actually do stuff in dreams if we know mm -hmm. how to do it. So mm -hmm. we can't just say, okay, we're just shut down. We are not shut down. Right. We're actually really awake in the dreamland. So so these are all the things that we were supposed to, to know in school and we don't. They're very simple. There's simple knowledge of life, like how life works, but we weren't taught because of education system. I have oh, to yeah. mention something and I know that we have to wrap up. So I took a yeah. course yesterday and uh, he was showing the first car and the most recent car, like Tesla, for example. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so much um, improvement, so much advancement. First yeah. telephone, last telephone. First, yeah. um, I don't know, a computer, last computer. And he showed the first classroom and now the most recent class, exactly the same. I do this presentation yeah. at the school. It's crazy. I, that's how I start my presentation at the school. Yeah. I'm like, hey guys, the schools, these schools have been the same for hundreds of years. <laughs> that's crazy. That's broken, right? So these are the stuff that we were supposed to, to be, you mm -hmm. know, parents need, needed to know. But unfortunately, for some reason, our, our world is, is not benefiting from happy, healthy adults. It's just benefiting yeah. from sick, ill, unhappy adults. So... Well, you've inspired me in so many ways. And one of the ways is, so I have Heart of the Matter, which is the vision of Heart of the Matter is to create a place for families, create a place for people that are on the conscious journey to do all these things you're talking about. And also really reimagine the way we're doing everything, not just for school, but for parents, for families. And if COVID hasn't taught us that, I mean, this whole, you know, outsourcing your kids for 12 hours to before and after school care, and then going to work and having a separate workplace and then having, I mean, everything's changing. And so what I really envision and hope for Heart of the Matter is that it allows people to have the freedom and the energy to, oh, this is okay. This is a full circle back to you doing your dissertation when we first met and now launching the book, because this is part of my sole contract is to help people find that space within them to do the new thing. So that's just, that's what happened. That's why we had this connection <laughs> of when you're doing your new things, I happen to pop up into your life. So that's the that's really the essence of Heart of the Matter is to help people find the strength to do the new things. So there's a place where you can say, oh, the schools have been the same for hundreds of years and parenting paradigms have been the same for hundreds of years. And 
da, 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 work paradigm. All these, all these things have been the same for hundreds of years. And so now we're, 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 we're actually really being asked very aggressively by the universe to switch in 2020 to a whole new paradigm. So your wisdom, it really to me represents the new paradigm. And that's why intuitively I knew you had to be one of my first guests. And I hope people enjoyed this conversation as much as I did because it was so wonderful. And we've never really talked at length. So I got to know all these things about your wisdom and your knowledge. I love the connection of the spirituality with the science and how you're so practical. And I will be recommending people to you that are starting out that are like, oh, I just need somebody who's gonna break it down for me and not do all this abstract woo-woo stuff that doesn't make sense or my mind doesn't wanna believe. <laughs> so that's a beautiful gift you have. And then do you wanna share um, where people can find you so that we can just put it in the show notes and in case people are interested in following up with you? Sure, so my website is www.draraya.com. My handle is Dr. Raya everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn. And um, so on my face, my uh, website, they can actually make an appointment for free 30 minute consultation if they, they wanna. Ooh. Yeah, so if they can, uh, you know, they, they wanna figure out if it can be a service, but, or just call me for free 30 minutes. And also I have, um, uh, I, I, Wednesdays, I just decided to do this Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific time. I'm going live on my public Facebook page. Okay. And David is going to be my guest next yes. week. Yes. So, yeah, Thank so you. come join. And if you have any questions, send me so we can talk about those. And also, you can be my guest if you have any questions. So we can do a live coaching call, actually, mm. and if you're off. Great yeah. Great idea. Okay. Well, I rec highly recommend people reaching out and you are just a wealth of wisdom and a beautiful soul. And I'm so grateful that we got to spend some time together and I hope people enjoy this episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, I'm honored. Well, I hope you enjoyed our conversation. As Dr. Rai always says, come back to the breath. And I love how she discusses the mindful micro breaks because even when we tap into our essence, we all have these busy days where it just feels impossible to take a break. But you know, everyone listening deserves at least, at a minimum, three daily mindful minutes. So as Dr. Arias says, set an alarm on your phone and just allow yourself to pause for one moment. As a thought enters your mind, picture it as a wagon on a train. Let the train pass and come back to the breath. Mindfulness rewires a brain. And as we go into this holiday season, the ninth month of COVID, and the last month of a hectic year, we really all need these moments of pause. Also, keep your eye out for Dr. Araya's new book, The Art of Living in Joy. And you can also visit her website at www.draraya.com to schedule a, three, a free 30-minute consultation. Or you can follow her on Facebook and Instagram at Dr. Araya, all one word. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.